Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. The Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. First come back. Give me a hell yeah. Welcome everybody back to the Hitting the Turnbuckle Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andy Burrows, and this is another Interview Wednesday. As you can see, I'm joined by my illustrious co-host today, Mr. Dave Robinson. Dave, how are you, mate? Hey, mate. Really good, thanks. You okay? All good, brother. All good. Like we say, this is another interview Wednesday. And our guest today is an amazing guest. Someone that took the wrestling world and the WWE by storm. Our guest today is none other than Mr. James Ellsworth. James, good afternoon to you, sir. How are you? I'm good, man. Hopefully uh, it'll still be afternoon when we finish this. <laughs> 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 uh, we were, yeah, technical difficulties, James. They happen, my friend. They happen. You know, you're over there. Oh, we're, fault, too. Yeah, oh, no, well, you're... Man. You're good, brother. You're good. Uh, James, uh, we always start these shows, whoever we interview, current wrestlers, past wrestlers, uh, general fans of the product. What do you make of the product, the wrestling product in 2023? I think it absolutely positively, without a shadow of a doubt, sucks. I wish we'd go back to the 80s where everybody had a character. Everybody was big and large. I can't stand wrestling. I don't want to watch it. Hell, I didn't even like myself when I was on there. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there's a lot of variety and people get to, you know, that they can pick and choose, you know, what style they want to watch because it's everywhere on television, uh, whether it's Lucha or whether it's hard hitting or whether it's like the style I like old school Memphis wrestling. Um, there's chances are there's your style somewhere on television these days because there's a lot of variety. And I, and I think it's doing real well right now, the whole landscape of pro wrestling. Yeah, as wrestling fans, we really are sport. Uh, talking of sport, I know Dave uh, has a, a question about a certain Mr. AJ Styles in you, James. So let's get into it. Yes, James. So you talk about different styles and AJ Styles. I've been a huge fan of him, as so many wrestling fans are, past, present. Um, for you yourself, as an independent wrestler at the time, uh, you go into the WWE and you set a an opportunity presents itself and you're working with AJ Styles, and you're picking up victories over AJ Styles. Uh, how was that for you as, as a fan of AJ, as a performer? Um, and are you still in touch with AJ um, a few years on? Yeah, so AJ Styles. Nobody's ever asked me an AJ Styles question before. So. <laughs> no, but you never hear this, James. It's weird how we should start the uh, show like that. we got to tell no, you. So <laughs> Like I always tell everybody, AJ's just as phenomenal outside the ring as he is inside the ring. What I mean by that is he was great to work with, just helped me a lot. I was real nervous when I first got there because I thought I was wrestling The Miz the first time I wrestled AJ because that, that was the plan. Got to the building. They told me it was AJ I was wrestling instead. I was real nervous. <laughs> um, but, you know, those nerves went away quickly once I realized what, how good of a human being he is. We still keep in touch to this day. Yeah, text here and there. I just saw him back in April. It was under unfortunate circumstances. It was uh, Jay Briscoe's funeral. I ran into AJ there, talked to him a bit. Um, great guy, man. Uh, I think if you look at the landscape of wrestling over the last 20 years, AJ Styles has to be on your Mount Rushmore somewhere, right? For most people. Yeah, yeah, 100%, 100%. James, when you started that storyline with AJ and stuff, and obviously Dean Ambrose was involved, 
did it surprise you how big it got? Because like you say, at the start, you thought you were just going in and wrestling the Miz, and then they pitch it to you that you're going to go into this storyline with AJ. And for me, that storyline blew up. Did it surprise you how much it blew up? And did it surprise you how much the audience took to you straight away? There were Ellsworth chants, uh, even when you weren't wrestling on matches on SmackDown, on Raw. I've, I've attended some house shows over here. There were Ellsworth chants going. There's a T-shirt did, as well. There's a T-shirt. I mean, <laughs> did the whole storyline and the build-up and the fan reaction and everything, did it even surprise you at the time? Well, absolutely. Like, what? You know, for me, I'm five foot eight, 165 pounds. I don't look like I belong on GQ magazine. So, you know, I've watched wrestling my whole life. I've always loved it, but that's why I got into it at a very young age. I was 17 when I started. Um, never in my wildest dreams did I think, like, man, like, you're going to be wrestling the WWE champion on TV. People are going to be chanting your name, and, you know, you're going to be beating the WWE champion. Like, you know, no one can ever expect that. Um, the storyline, as we were doing it, it felt great and it felt good. So I, I felt like the storytelling from everyone involved was so good that, that every week after a couple of weeks, I did expect those, uh, you know, reactions because I thought the storyline was phenomenally written. Uh, Moxley, who was Dean Ambrose back then, and AJ Styles are two of the best wrestlers in the world and really good at what they do. And, you know, I I feel like I was at WWE for some reason. So it um it was amazing man like no i didn't ever in my wildest dreams think anything like that would happen but it was fun to be a part of and yeah after a couple of weeks you, you do start to expect it like i'm gonna go out here i'm gonna kill it. these people are gonna still make noise like mm. yeah james i've got to ask um at the time was it vince mcmahon that you dealt with directly or was it members of the writing team or was it the, the senior wrestlers such as aj and mox that were kind of directing the storyline and, and telling you what was coming up or who did you kind of deal with? Well, it was a mixture of everybody. You just said, um, you got producers, writers, Vince, um, especially, you know, I'm in the ring with the WWE champion. Vince was very hands-on yeah. because of that aspect of it. This, this is yeah. his guy. Oh, uh, AJ Styles, WWE champion. Um, but yeah, like, man, it, what a, like right away, man, I'm, I'm doing like main event stuff. So I yeah. got, to uh learn from the best of the best I, I like michael hayes and triple h and vince mcmahon and Arn anderson all the guys that were you know aged in these matches and like these uh stories and um it, it was really really just awesome spot to be in i i'm very blessed to this day to ever get that was my the aj styles that uh, moxley or ambrose and i's uh storyline there was the best thing i've ever done in wrestling and uh, i don't know if i'll ever be able to top that that was pretty damn good awesome man. what was the reaction like backstage obviously you've come in into this big spot you you, you kind of like um like when daniel bryant originally got over you, that's not the direction that the wwe wanted to go with with the whole yes movement and it, you know and, and it's people like bailey especially over here in the uk she was really over but you got really pushed by the fans, and obviously that got noticed backstage. But what was the reaction amongst the other wrestlers? Because like you just said at the start of the show, you're not built for this. You're not meant to be in the main event. But you really were in one of the most thrilling storylines at the time. Everyone just wanted to see what the next James Ellsworth story was. But what was the reaction like backstage? From Was there certain wrestlers that thought, hang on a minute, 
I should be in this spot. Or I want to be main event in SmackDown. And I want to be on pay-per-views. What was the reaction like to you from, from your peers kind of thing? Mostly positive, like especially from the talent that had been in wrestling a long time, had went through the independence like like I did. But I mean, you know, and I always was up, up to this day. I wish I would have went through the Performance Center and NXT, because if you do, WWE has time and money invested in you. So you're built to succeed there. They want you to succeed. Me, Vince McMahon just saw me, saw something in me. And started using me. That's how I happened. And um, so there was those who didn't really have the wrestling experience that, you know, like I had or other guys there had through the independence and all that didn't get it as first. And, you know, I won't mention any names, but by the time my run was over there, I was pretty close to those people at first. I could, I could feel the cold shoulder and the, but, you know, once they got to know me and all, like, and I kind of explained, like, hey, man, I've been wrestling a long time. Up to that point, it was 14 years, and I really, you know, like, uh, who's to say if I deserve this or not? I don't know. But, hey, it's not like I've been sitting around and they just grabbed me. Like, I, I've been really working hard on the independence. Um, but, man, mostly everyone was cool. It's just like any other job, man. Like, there's people that you're going to get along with, people you might not talk to, people that you don't necessarily care for. It's just like anything else. Was it the same reaction from your people that you work with on the independence? Were they just super proud? They're like, oh my God, he's main eventing SmackDown now. Well, I mean, from your friends, yes. The ones that you're yeah. close to, super happy for you. Um, you know, I mean, like, I hate the word, I really hate the word jealousy because I, I, of the belief, no one should be jealous of anyone because of, at the end of the day, we're all going to take a finish 100 years or less like we're you know yeah, what I mean? so very true you, got, you know 100 or less years on this earth and, and you really should just enjoy it no one's getting past that 100 years maybe a you know a small few live to 100 500 but like we're all going to eventually not be here and you should just enjoy your time here and not think about what others are doing you should you know um take care of you and and have fun and what you're doing no matter what it is but yeah like people in the indies that you know oh man maybe they thought they should have been in that spot or whatever like it is what it is man i'm mostly positive energy you know like if i feel negative energy i kind of just gradually you know get away from it like yeah. i i try to you know I, I got a wife i got a kids i i try to just live a positive lifestyle so anything negative even back then like i just try to stay away from so Great way to live. James, um, I just wanted to ask you, really, I, I know the AJ style question, that was the obvious one, but I had to. I'm such an AJ fan. I had to, uh, you know, I'm so jealous of your experience and I was kind of, as a fan, vicariously living through you. Um, but I want to talk to you, um, the time, really, that you became, rather than you were just in doing this storyline and not really knowing how long it was going to last and thinking it might just be this deal, suddenly you become a manager for Carmella. And you're you're a bona fide WWE superstar and personality. You know, it's not just that one storyline anymore. How did you find that time as a manager? Um, obviously, as a as a big fan of wrestling yourself, and being a big fan of probably Memphis and and, and NWA and managers such as your Heenans and people like that. How was that for you becoming a manager? Because in recent times, there hasn't been all that many. Paul Heyman, obviously one of the real top ones that people would say one of the best of all time. But I find it interesting for you as a role where you were a wrestler and then became a manager. So how did you find that? And um, yeah, what are your thoughts on your time as a manager for Carmella? 
I absolutely loved it, man. I, I feel like it fit my character well. Yeah. Like, you know, you go wrestling for WWE title and doing all this cool stuff. And then you're, you know, to some people, oh, man, now he's just a manager with Carmel. I didn't take it that way at all. No. I felt like it fit me really well. And when you are a manager <clears throat> or a heater, as we call it, the business, your job is to get the talent you're with over. It's not about you anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like that's a problem with managers today. There's the majority of them I see on television. The biggest problem they have, I feel like they're trying too hard to get themselves over. That's not your job. Your job is to get the talent you're with over. And if, and if you don't do that, man, you're, you're going to wind up not being anything either because that that's your job. And when I went with Carmella, like she, you know, she was new to the main roster, like like in NXT, she was and it was with Enzo and Kaz. On the main roster, she was never with Enzo and Kaz. So like, you know, she came in, she was fuming Nikki Bella, that was over with. She didn't have much to do. They, she wasn't in the title picture. She didn't have a storyline after Nikki Bella. And they had a little feud, you know, there for a few weeks that culminated in a pay per view and Carmella lost. And so I remember when uh, she pitched the idea to me about her and I being together. I was like, well, Vince accepts that. I was like, I'm going to help this girl as much as I possibly can because I want to prove to myself at, like that I, I can do this. And I feel like I'm, you know, I'm only, I'll be 39 this year. Heck, in 10 years, I'll only be 49. I can come back and, and be a manager for somebody. And I'm already yeah. proven that I can help somebody, you know, like get where they need to get. Like, obviously, she got to the money in the bank and then she became the women's champion. Like I helped her along the way achieve those oh, yeah. things. Very, very proud of that man because, like, it was either sink, sink or swim with her and I, and and we swam, man. Like if she got there, mm-hmm. she got I, all the way to the women's title. Was Carmela somebody that you developed a friendship with backstage, and then, as you say, she pitched this idea to you? <laughs> so not like at first, man. Like I was very, you know. Uh, you know, nervous around most people. Like I, I had people that I knew from the Indies that was working yeah. there. Like I would talk to when she came up to me, like, you know, I would shake everybody's hands. So I would shake her hand every day. Never had a real conversation with her. Yeah. She came up to me she, like, James, uh, do you know what they're doing with you after this AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose storyline? I said, I'm not sure. She goes, well, you know, the girls and I are talking and we were like, what if they put you with one of us? Like, and she's like, I- I'm going to jump on that because I want the one of us to be me because I think, like, it'll be great. Like, you know, maybe I use you to try to get to the uh, women's title is the story. And and wherever it goes, it goes. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, and I remember telling her, I said, look, if-, if they say yes to that idea, I said, I'm going to make sure you get to the women's title. I told her right, right, then, right then and right there. Yeah. She's like, oh, OK. And then after that when we were working together, we were very friendly with each other, enjoyed each other's company. I mean, worked together every day, like all the house shows, TVs, pay-per-views. Um, you know, obviously she's expecting now. So when I found that out, I texted her right away. Congratulations. And also uh, Graves. Graves is somebody I knew before WWE when he was on the Indies. He was Sterling James Keenan. Yeah. Um, he lived in Pittsburgh and I live in Baltimore. It's only about four hours apart. So we would see each other you know, at a lot of the indies around the yeah. area. Uh, he's a, he's a great guy too. I'm glad they found each other. I, f- I think that's a good pairing um, for a real life couple. Uh, I'm very happy for them both. Uh, but yeah, man, like to answer your question, like, yeah, we, once we started working together, we did develop a little bit of a friendship for sure. Mm-hmm. 
Did it? Did it? Um. Also, did it prove how much WWE was starting to trust you, James, as well? Because they're putting you in some really good storylines. I mean, you had some great segments. Some of the, I think I remember seeing you dressed as Elvis when you were on a, uh, doing a shopping spree. Uh, but you also got challenged to a match by John Cena and Nikki at the time. Could you see as time went on that WWE, you're thinking the, the cogs are starting to turn with you thinking, hang on a minute, they're really starting to trust me here. Because, you know, sometimes WWE, they push people and then like two months later, you'll see them. It, it's pulled back a little bit, like the rugs pulled from under them. With you, it just seemed to progress, progress. The ball was rolling. You were getting more and more over with the crowd. You were getting involved in segments with John Cena, all these quote unquote huge stars backstage. Did the cogs then start to turn in your head, your head thinking, hey, I've earned my spot here now. They're really starting to trust me. I felt like, man, I'm not doing bad for a guy that they had no plans for. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I this wasn't a plan. This was just like, they were, you know, making this up every week. Cause I, I wasn't in their plans again. I'd go through the performance center in XT and I wish I would have, cause I would have loved to learn all the stuff that you learn there. Plus I would have loved to have been there for 10 years. Cause they have time and money invested in you. But like, man, when they would hand me that microphone every week and say, go out there and tell this story. I'm like, they're handing me a microphone every week. They don't do that for everybody. Mm, they don't. Yeah. And they they were doing it with me like every week. So I, I started clicking in my head. Like, like you're saying, like, wow, they really trust me. They really trust me to get this story across because they're handing me this microphone every week. And that TV time is very valuable. Mm. And I was getting that every week. Like the whole time I was there, there was there wasn't a lot of time I wasn't on TV. I was yeah. on TV pretty much every week and, and without a plan. <laughs> Again, like this, they were just making it up as they went with me personally because I wasn't a part of their system, you know? So yeah, man, it did. Like to answer your question, it did start clicking me. Like, wow, they they really, really you know, trust me to go out there and um and get the story over that I need to get over. Mm, yeah, definitely. Were there any um obviously when you're put into that role, James, and you're getting that heat? Are there any people that you're drawing from for inspiration or or managers that you've watched in the past? Obviously, you were very experienced on the on the indies and you'd done a lot, seen a lot in wrestling. Or were you kind of uh, just trying things as you go and finding what worked and what didn't work so well. Yeah, like so growing up, man, love Jim Cornette, yeah, love Bobby the Brain Heenan, like all the classics, right? Like, yeah, but like Harvey Whiffleman with Birth to Fay. Oh, when I was with Ella, I went back and watched, you know, Downtown Bruno. But when he was a WWF, it was uh, Harvey Whiffleman when he was managing Birth of Fay. I was, I went back and watched that while I was with Carmella and like just. It's a lot of it's facial expressions and, you know, getting the story over using facial expressions and uh, talking. And, uh, but like, you know, my all time favorite is uh, Bobby Heenan. And then, like, I think Bobby Heenan would be 1A and then Jim Cornette would be 1B. Um, these, like, these guys, and I, and I do as well, look like guys that you want to punch in the face. Like, this guy's out here running his mouth. You know, people say that about me and all man, the time, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, and like, you know, I don't feel like I'm done with that part of my career because I feel like I still have a future being a manager, being a heater. And like, I, I look forward to the day where they, for some reason, the WWE creative team sitting around going, we need a manager for this person. We need a heater. Man, remember like, you know, Ellsworth, like, yeah, I wonder what he's yeah. doing. Let's, you know, yeah. I, I'm hoping and praying someday that because I, I feel like I have a lot left to give in that role. And I, it made me so happy, man, to help Carmella, uh, yeah. you know, 
achieve what she achieved. Now, I'm not saying it was all me. Like, I, I, I know I helped. I mean, she's very talented. She has a great look, obviously. Her character is good. She can talk as well. I think she's very underrated yeah. um, overall. Agreed. And, um, you know, it's I, I like doing that, man. I, I really, really got, a, you know, a, a high out of helping somebody get to that certain level. And I, I would love to do that again for someone else in the future, for sure. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask, obviously Carmela, as you say, having a family, I'm starting a family, Corey, um, she'll be back at some point and, and that might be an opportunity for you. But if that isn't, what other superstar on the WWE roster would you love to manage? And what can you be doing in the meantime um, while you're waiting that for call from WWE? Are you still on the indies? Are you performing as a wrestler or are you looking at management on the indies as well? So, you know, everybody, well, I do indies almost every weekend. I'm going to like yeah. Texas again to wrestle um i run my own shows uh journalwrestling.com anybody want to check that out um yeah, yeah. and yeah i stay very busy but it's mostly wrestling um because on the indies like people you know like independent wrestling fans they want to see the james ellsworth character wrestle that's what they want um so i do i do a lot of that still um as far as who would i like to manage wwe right now do you remember when like i like always ideas always hit your head if you're a talent right remember when <clears throat> like uh Shannon Moore was uh Matt Hardy's little MFR or whatever he, Amber, yeah. yeah. You know, I look at I'm like, who's somebody that really could use me to help them for like do a little bit more or get that you know who I love and I think's fantastic and I think could use a little something for whatever reason. I mean he's I, I think the world is person because I think he has he is the blueprint of what a WWE superstar should look like. Um and he's very talented in the ring. Uh, is Austin Theory. <laughs> yeah. Like, if I was to uh, try to hang out with Austin Theory, right, Austin Theory would never hang out with me, is, you know, is how mm -hmm. it would, like, look green. But if you like, you know, if I wanted to try to be his buddy or something, like, hey, man, you know, uh, I, I want to look cool like you. I want to get the girl. Like, I think that'd be nice. I mean, obviously, like, I'd love to fight with Dominic over um, uh, Rhea Ripley. Like, that'd be a cool <laughs> little thing. To do. I think but, uh, I think the Man, James, like, I don't know uh, if you're a big WCW fan, but I remember an angle with Scott Hall and Disco Inferno that was a similar type of thing. You know, the Disco was the the heater, if you like. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, that. I remember. I remember that. that. I remember Scott Hall beat the snot out of him in one of those matches. I think like Disco chopped him, and Scott Hall just reversed him and lit him yeah. up. I was like, ooh. <laughs> but if you look at people like uh, like Spike Dudley, he got so over by basically getting beaten the living shit out of each and every week. He was getting power bombed left, right, and center. But everyone wanted to see Spike Dudley every single week. So there, there is little bit niches in the market for people like yourself and everything. You know what I mean? I think I think it's incredible. But um, James, if you could go back and give younger James Ellsworth one piece of advice about the wrestling business, what would it be? Man, that's a really good question. I, I would tell him just look, man, uh, you know, don't take people too seriously, you know, ignore ignorance um, and just do your thing, man. Like have fun with this. Love it. Just like you love it right now. I've never stopped loving wrestling. I, I still love it as much, you know, as you go through things sometimes or, you know, this or that and the other, all the ups and downs. Like I, I've loved it um, as much as I did when I was five years old. I loved it. I love it as much as I did when I started when I was 17 and, you know, like, but yeah, I like the saying, it's one of my sayings, ignore ignorance. Just don't worry about all the negativity. You, 
you know, look at this as something that you love to do and, you know, you continue to do it, uh, you know, no matter what. Mm, yeah, definitely. Just finishing up, James, obviously we've just had money in the bank over here in the UK. WWE is getting more and more global now. You've got Saudi Arabia. What do you make of these international shows now getting bigger and bigger? I mean, we were so fortunate. I attended uh, Money in the Bank at the O2. We've got AEW coming over to Wembley Stadium uh, at the end of August. What do you make of uh, these big companies like AEW and WWE now branching out? Like Wembley Stadium, AEW have pretty much sold out Wembley without advertising one match yet. Right. Well, I think because you guys over there in the UK love wrestling so much, like I, that that was going to sell out no matter what, because mm. you guys are just you, you're awesome, man, over there. I were you at the SmackDown where I wrestled Becky Lynch at the O2? Yep. On SmackDown? Yep. Uh, see, that was like, a great crowd. One of my favorite matches. I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like they they were the hell, man. And I loved it. Like. It's you know these the international thing is a good thing because it's world wrestling entertainment. So having more shows, more pay per views, or whatever they call them, these the premium live events is that what they call? Yeah. Um, all over the world is a good thing. I feel like you're going to get a WrestleMania Wembley Stadium for two nights, and they're going to sell it out a hundred thousand people a night. I feel like that's going to happen. Oh wow! I yeah, uh, but John yeah, Cena did John, come John, out. Yeah, if John Cena says it, then it's got to happen, right, James? You know what I mean? But uh, James, just finishing it's, up, my friend. Yeah. Um, what does the future hold for you? We've got obviously all your dub. We'd love to see you back in WWE, but like you say, there's so much now. You've got AEW, you've got Impact, you've got Ring of Honor. There's so much out there. What do you think the future holds for James Ellsworth? I feel like, man, you haven't seen the last of me in WWE. I really feel in my heart that at some point, if it's a cameo appearance, or like I said, if it's to be a manager for somebody else, or could see you yeah, in the rumble, love... could see you in the rumble you in January. Were in the rumble, weren't you? James? Yeah, you were in the rumble, weren't you? Didn't you come back in the rumble? Yeah. How was that for you? I, oh man, Royal Rumble is my favorite show. Yeah, uh, my favorite show. So being a part of that in 2017 was cool until it was painful, but it was cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, and it was in front of 54,000 people at the uh, Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas. But yeah, for the future, like we were talking about earlier, I feel like. Yeah, I got, you know, a lot of mileage left in me as a manager. And, I, you know, I hope it happens one day. If not, man, I had a hell of a run. Um, like, look at Carlito, man. Apparently, he's coming back. He's been gone. Uh, yeah. 10, you know, I've been gone four and a half years at this point. Um, so, you never, you just never know, man. You never know when they, you know, your number gets called and it's your time to come back or whatever. Um, I'm going to keep on plugging in and keep it positive and um, – you know, just doing what I'm doing and hopefully uh, something will work out again. Yeah. And, and keep in touch with Carmella as well in case she uh, she's after yeah, a manager when she's back. You might need a manager when she comes back, man. But James, thank you so much for jumping on our show, man. We uh, we really appreciate it. We love like doing these interviews on a Wednesday. We call them interview Wednesday. Uh, we definitely hope to see you back in the WWE, AEW. We'd, we'd, we'd love to see you back involved in professional wrestling, my friend. But thank you so much for your time, man. It really, truly does mean a lot to us. Thank you, guys. Take care. God bless. Stay safe. Remember, any man with two hands has a fighting chance, as they say, right? <laughs> most definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> Ladies Thanks, and James. gentlemen, this has been the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with the amazing Dave Robinson and the even amazing, amazing, is that a word? I think I just invented the word. It is now. I've just invented the word. <laughs> Mr. James Ellsworth. Till next time, everybody. Buckle down and stay safe.
Hey everybody, thank you for checking out the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast. Make sure you go and check us out on all social media. Twitter, you can find us at HTT Buckle. Facebook, just search the Hit in the Turnbuckle podcast.